Hello. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Lehigh Valley Passport to History's monthly virtual program. Each of these 30-minute episodes highlight a different theme and discussion from the night's participating historic sites. And tonight, we'll be exploring Lehigh Valley veterans. Lehigh Valley Passport to History is a partnership of 50-plus historic sites and resources in and around Pennsylvania's Lehigh and Northampton counties. The group helps promote local tourism and shares historical activities, events, tours, and exhibitions throughout the Lehigh Valley. Lehigh Valley Passport to History is funded in part with funding received through the County of Northampton's Hotel Tax Program, the Lehigh County Tourism Development Grant Program, and the Institute of Museum and Library Services. Visit lvhistory.org for more info, which is what we're looking at right here. I'm your host, George Wacker with Lehigh Valley with Love, and I'd like to thank our sponsors, Molly's Irish Grill and Sports Pub, Michael Bernadin with Remax Realty, and lehighvalleymadepossible.com. This evening, we are joined by Jeannie Herrickle, the president of the Ameri- um, I'm sorry, the president of the Emmaus Historical Society. Jeannie, welcome. I'm so happy to have you this evening. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. So you are normally we have a, a bevy of guests. We are fortunate to have you as our only guest this evening, and we're looking forward. You have two presentations to give us, and we're going to jump right into it. So the first one I'm going to bring up here is the Emmaus. Moravians and the Revolutionary War, and I'm going to leave you to it. Okay, so um, I thought maybe um, we would tell the story of some veterans that we don't talk about a lot, Um, and so I wanted to tell the story of the Emmaus Moravian veterans and the Revolutionary War. Um, It's an interesting story, Um, can be a little sad at times, but I think it's a story that a lot of people don't know. Uh, So I figured I would start all the way back at the Revolutionary War when when talking about veterans. I'll take the next slide. Okay, so um, the Emmaus at the time of the Revolutionary War was a closed Moravian community. Um, And what that meant was only Moravians were living in the village. Um, They were pacifists, which meant they refused to bear arms. Uh, during the Revolutionary War, but um, they did support the soldiers. Um, They were very big supporters of the soldiers and the men that were fighting, and a lot of people don't know that. Um, They established two hospitals to treat the wounded in Emmaus, and the hospitals were established in two personal homes. Um, The house at 150 Main Street was built by Jacob Ehrenhardt, now that's the house on the left seen in on the slide. Jake Barenhar was one of the founding fathers of Emmaus. Um, and that served as a Continental Army hospital during the revolution from 1777 to 1778. Another house also served as a uh, Continental Army hospital that, that at that same time period, it was the house Um, at 181-183 Main Street, which was built in 1765 by Michael Knauss. Michael Knauss was the son of Sebastian Knauss, who was the other founding father of Emmaus. These two houses both still stand today, um, and they are still occupied. Um, In January of 1777, 
there were 40 wounded soldiers being treated at these two houses. Now, if you look at them, they are colonial houses. Um, they right. may have had four or five bedrooms. They're, you know, they're larger houses. But certainly when you start thinking about treating 40 wounded soldiers in sure. these two houses, it's, it's a, lot of, a lot of men. Um, the Moravians also assisted the cause by opening their homes and village to the soldiers as they were traveling through. So on March 3rd, there were 250 soldiers quartered in the village for the night. To give you an example of how much that is for this village, the village only had 112 inhabitants. So 250 soldiers living among them for the night, um, that was quite a bit. Um, on April 24th, there was a full regiment staying for the night with every single house packed. So they... They weren't just out there in their yards and their tents. They were staying in the homes with the people. So the Emmaus people opened their, their doors to the... Right. To, to all the soldiers. Any, the soldiers that were coming through. Yes. And if they had to stay the night, they opened their doors. And they, they fed them and you know they gave them a place to sleep. And by October 18th of that same year, we talked about 40 wounded soldiers. By October 18th, there were 132 sick and wounded men being cared for in the village. So the Moravians at that point were really doing a lot of good uh, to help with the cause, even if they weren't fighting. Okay, we'll go to the next slide. The Moravians suffered persecution in Europe before they came here, and they arrived in Pennsylvania because William Penn had set up a religious haven. So for a while, they were able to live in peace. But when the Revolutionary War began, that freedom of being a pacifist was once again challenged. During the years of 1778 and 1779, the people of Pennsylvania were required to take an oath of allegiance to the, to the revolution. Um, the Moravians were against taking oaths to any form of government or uh, organization. They were, they were taking their oath to their own religion. Um, and as pacifists, they were refusing to participate in the fighting. So on April 4th, 1778, and just bear in mind, this is, you know, around the same time they're taking care of soldiers, 13. 12, I'm sorry, 12 men refused to take, who refused to take an oath were imprisoned in Easton, which was the uh, county seat of Northampton County. And they were kept there for 15 days and given only bread and water. In September of 1778, 13 more Emmaus Moravians were put in prison for another 15 days, given bread and water. These 13 included the pastor of the Emmaus Moravian Church. So in 1780, two years after this happened, a group of 12 Moravians from Emmaus decided to enlist for service in the Continental Army. And it's believed that they were influenced by the treatment of the other men who had been imprisoned. At least one of the 12 was one of the imprisoned men and he changed his mind and decided for the good of the community that they would have to go enlist and serve. 
um, around the time of their enlistment, enlistment the, uh, I mentioned that the population was 112 inhabitants. 49 were children, 32 were women, that left 31 men. And not all of them were able-bodied and able to go to war. So you think about 12 men leaving all of the women and children and the elderly. That was it's probably most, yeah, most of the men in the community. Most of the able men in the community. Right, right. So it was a real hardship for the village, um, especially, you know, with everyone they were leaving behind. Now, these 12 men all did return home. No one was killed. Uh, when they did return home, though, their service wasn't their courageous service was not celebrated. The Moravians, you know, were about peace. They didn't want to celebrate um, men who had been, you know, bearing arms. Um, and so they returned home and they just went about what they, what they were doing before uh, with the community, helping, living peacefully uh, in Emmaus until their deaths. Their service was not recognized for 150 years. In 1930, the Liberty Bell chapter of the Daughters of the American Revolution recognized their service and placed the appropriate markers on the graves of these soldiers who are buried at God's Acre, which is the oldest cemetery in Emmaus. So um, the gate that you see in the, in the uh, slide is the gate of God's Acre. And on the right-hand uh, side of the slide, that's the row of... Um, the uh, graves of the American Revolutionary War veterans of Emmaus. And uh, they do have two stones. They have their original stone where they were buried with, and then they also have a stone that recognizes um, their service from the Daughters of the American Revolution. Okay, next slide. So I just wanted to tell a little bit about who these men were. I wanted to talk about their lives, who they were before they enlisted, um, who they were related to. Um, so this is, you know, they were pacifists, but they, um, they were committed to their beliefs and, they, and, and bravery. So um, you have to admire each one of these 12. Um, bear in mind, of course, it was a small community. So I'm going to go over the relationships they had of these 12. They're listed in alphabetical order, so I will start with, with Ludwig Andreas. He was a farmer, um, age 46, and he was one of the earliest residents of Emmaus. He was married to the sister of one of the founding fathers, Sebastian Knauss. Michael Bauer was also a farmer. He was 35 when he enlisted. He was married at age 30, and he ate eight children. So he had children that he had to leave behind um, and then had more when he came back. George Christ, he was also a farmer. So he had a lot of farmers who really were not trained soldiers that went to war. He was 27 when he enlisted. He married the only daughter of Ludwig Andreas and had 10 children. So we started with Ludwig Andreas, George Christ, is his son-in-law. Joseph Cluel was a farmer and he was also a weaver. Um, he enlisted at age 20. He married the fourth daughter of Sebastian Knauss, 
the founding, one of the founding fathers, and they had seven children. His wife, his first wife died, and then he married the daughter of Martin Liebert, who is another person who enlisted a little bit lower. Um, and he then had another nine children. So Joseph Cluel had 16 children um, and related to, you know, two um, important men in the community. So Jacob Ehrenhardt Jr. A lot of people may have heard of Jacob Ehrenhardt or Jacob Ehrenhardt Jr. He was the um, person who built the 1803 house in Emmaus, which is a fairly well-known historic site. He was a shoemaker um, when he enlisted and at age 20, and he was the son of the founding father, Jacob Ehrenhardt. So um, another little tidbit about uh, the Ehrenhardts, uh, they are, we, we found out that uh, a pretty famous race car driver, Dale Earnhardt, right. is actually a descendant of the Ehrenhardts. Um, and he actually came to visit the 1803 house a few years ago. I remember reading that article. That's really interesting. That's yes. Yes. Andreas Gearing, he was a shoemaker and he was the oldest to enlist at age 51. Now you have to think now we don't think so much about age 51 being that old. It's still old for somebody to be enlisting to go to war, sure. even in our day and age. Back then, it was very rare for anybody to live to even 70. So he was definitely uh, quite old. Um, he was also uh, one of the men that had originally been um, imprisoned in Easton. Uh, so uh, he was one of the first group of men that was imprisoned. Mm -hmm. He was married to the sister of Sebastian Knaus. Once again, we have a lot of people uh, in-laws of Sebastian Knaus who went, um, he had, they had uh, 13 children and he built, um, he was the builder of the first house in the village of Emmaus. Okay, then we have Henry Knaus, he was a Wainwright. I don't know if you know what a Wainwright is, but it's actually mm -hmm. someone who works on wagons and wagon okay. wheels. Uh, he enlisted at age 39. He was the son of Sebastian Knaus, also had 13 children. You notice a, a kind of a theme here with all the children. Yep. Um, he was also uh, the builder of the house of 181-183 Main Street that served as one of the Continental Army hospitals. So on top of giving his house as a hospital, he then enlisted. Carl mm -hmm. uh, Ludwig Kunkler was a nailsmith. He was a bookkeeper and he was the church organist. And he was 23 when he enlisted. George Leibert uh, was a farmer, a blacksmith. He was the second oldest to enlist. Um, he married uh, sisters, the second and fourth daughters of Jacob Ehrenhard. One died and then he married the other. Um, so you can notice, once again, the Ehrenhardt connection. And he was also the brother of the next one, Martin Leibert. Martin was a turner, a woodworker, um, he worked with lathes. That's what a turner was. Um, and he was the brother of George Leibert and enlisted at age 40. And then you have Jacob Frederick Wench was a pipe and tinsmith um, who enlisted at age 32. He was married to the daughter of Andreas Gehring. So a lot of relationships here. 
And the last one, Abraham Ziegler was a linen weaver he, who enlisted at um, age 24. Uh, he was married to the third daughter of Andreas Gearing. So you wow. had brother-in-laws and you, you had son-in-laws and you had father-in-laws and you had all kinds of relationships. Here they, I mean, the, these men, they all knew each other very well, I would imagine. They all, you know. And they were like one big family. Right. Yeah. So um, just wanted to pass along uh, this information and tell their stories so that people understand a little bit more about the 12 veterans of Emmaus. Uh, who served in the um, Revolutionary War, um, wanted everyone to also understand how the entire village of Emmaus supported the cause, even if they weren't fighting, by taking mm -hmm. care of the wounded and taking the soldiers into their homes. And the early inhabitants of Emmaus really were a very brave and caring community who practiced what they believed in all their daily living. So that's that's the end of our first presentation. The 1803 house, um, just so I'm not sure how many people are, who are listening are familiar with it, but um, it still stands today. Uh, it's open um, on special weekends for tours. Uh, and it was built, of course, by Jacob Earnhardt Jr., the Revolutionary War veteran. So, okay. All right. And, and we're going to go into our second presentation here, which will, comes up on screen a little bit different, but everyone can follow along at home. It does. So now we're going to talk a little bit about um, the um, about where Veterans Day came from. You can sure. go to the next uh, next slide. Um, a lot of people of my generation or a little bit older remember Veterans Day still being called Armistice Day. Uh, Armistice Day was um, was created to remember. Um, the uh, people who fought in World War I and uh, the day that the World War I ended was November 11th, 1918. It was to honor all of those who served in World War I. So Armistice Day was, was basically a, a, a holiday of remembrance for those who served in World War I. But in 1954, Armistice Day in the US became Veterans Day to celebrate the service of all of the US military veterans of the armed forces, those who served in war or in peace. So we're talking all the way back to the Revolutionary War, um, like we, we talked, we uh, went through a little bit of their story. Um, mm -hmm. And then of course, you know, all the wars since. Right. World War I began in Europe in 1914, but the United States didn't enter into war for, for two years. Um, in Emmaus, there were 187 men that went to war for their country. Um, I'll stop right here because you probably think maybe um, the Emmaus on this slide is spelled wrong. Sure. Uh, but um, Emmaus, when it was, um, the people of Emmaus were basically spoke German to begin with. Mm -hmm. And so in German script, Emmaus is written an E and then an M with a line over it to signify two M's. Uh, by 1830, there, were, there was a lot more English being spoken. The line over the M disappeared and Emmaus became Emaus or Amos or however mm -hmm. they pronounced it back then. So up until 1938, it was spelled with one M. The town incorporated in 1859 with just one M. 
And so it, and, was, it was pronounced T-Mouse at the time. There are still, I mean, there's still at least one or two street signs, I believe, that still incorporate that old spelling. Correct? Yes. So Somewhere. there's, there's, that we we call it Emmaus Avenue, but mm -hmm. it is Emouse Avenue. Right. Uh, that is definitely one of the streets that has not changed the spelling of right. its name. So very interesting. Uh, but this uh, this photo, just go back to, to the slide. This photo yeah. is actually a picture of um, people of of veterans that came home from war. Uh, it was actually taken in 1919 after the war. They gathered in the center of the town. There was a lot of celebration um, of these veterans returning home. Um, they were celebrating their return home and also, of course, victory. Um, you'll see also in, on the, the left side of the slide, uh, there are a lot of uh, people with uh, trombones and uh, brass instruments. Uh, they were part of the band. Uh, there were all kinds of things um, to celebrate. So we'll go to the next slide now. They actually put up a big wow. wooden arch over the two the the two streets at the Triangle in Emmaus. Um, behind the arch, you can actually see a hotel that used to um, sit in the in the center of town. Um, and the uh, the Victory Arch um, was made of wood. It was like um, something out of a movie set. Yeah, it looks and I, it's amazing how you can look at that and know exactly where it is in present day. Yes, and you can see you can see the, actually the trolley tracks going through the arch as well. There's there were trolleys back then, um, <laughs> but but yeah, this was uh, this was up for it, it stayed up for two years. They they finally took it down in in 1921 when it started deteriorating. Okay. So. And there was a homecoming parade, August 1st, 1919. Now, it took a while to get all the, the soldiers home. So even though it ended November 11th, um, 1918, a lot mm -hmm. of soldiers did not um, get home until 1919. Many were coming home in ships. Uh, they were still trying to, uh, you know, uh, finish up what was going. Right. So, all right, next slide. So I just wanted to talk a little bit, just a few of the uh, veterans who came home of the 187. Um, they became leaders of our community. They came back to Emmaus. Uh, John Sicker, for example, joined the Emmaus Police Department, and later he became chief of police. Robert Gearing, uh, who was a first-class sergeant, uh, returned to Emmaus, or Emaus, uh, to attend school to become a minister of the Emmaus Moravian Church as well as a missionary. So once again, here's a, a brave Moravian who went, went to war um, and came back and decided to continue with his faith. They also opened businesses. So we had George Wentz. Uh, Wentz Hardware up until recently um, was a, a staple mm -hmm. in, in downtown Emmaus. Uh, he opened that in 1943. John Romig um, came back and uh, opened a barbershop on the triangle. Um, so they both came back to, to serve Emmaus with businesses. Next slide. And they became educators. Now this is Harvey Becker. I, I chose him because um, even, even people in the, in the 1940s and 50s were still being taught by Harvey Becker. Uh, Harvey <laughs> Becker was a teacher in the Emmaus schools before World War I. 
Um, he enlisted and, and uh, went to war and then returned uh, to continue teaching in the Emaus, Emmaus schools for 50 years. Wow. So um, I, I know someone who had him. She's 95 now, but uh, he was a very strict teacher. So, um, right. so, and, still so amazing though. Yeah. Very <clears throat> dedicated. Though. Okay. Um, this is um, a monument that is uh, located between third and fourth street um, in Emmaus at North street. Uh, it was put up in 1930. Um, it, it, honors not only uh, World War I, but also uh, Spanish-American and Civil War veterans. Uh, so they called it the e Honor Roll. They wanted to honor more than, you know, more than just the World War I. Um, sure. So they started thinking about uh, pe veterans of other wars, which was, mm -hmm. you know. Okay. Then we have World War II that began in 1939 and the U.S. entered into war two years later in 1941. This picture is a group of men who are getting ready to leave Emmaus for, to, um, to go to war, to go to be trained and then be sent overseas. And you'll see in the background the train. So uh, just pointing out that there weren't a lot of cars. There weren't a lot of buses back then. Uh, people traveled long distances on the train. And Mayus had a train station, and that's where most of the uh, men left from. It's interesting to see the, the spelling as well on that, the sign yes. in front there. Yes, because at that point, 1938 is mm -hmm. when it changed. Uh, there was a petition in the town to change the name back to its original spelling. And there were two over two thousand um, people who uh, were who signed the petition, so that the town would would turn the name back to the, with the original spelling. So, all right, okay. Um, this is often um, a term not everybody may know, uh, but uh, during World War II, there were three five-star mothers from Emmaus. A five-star mother was a mother who sent five of her sons to war, to World War II. So um, we had three of them. Um, and you have to remember, wow, five sons, that's a lot. But people were, had bigger families back then. Um, of these um, 15 sons that were sent to war or that went to war uh, from these three five-star mothers, 14 returned. So only one of the sons was lost. Which is amazing, I would think. Really amazing. Yeah. Really amazing. Yeah. Okay. Um, so these are a few of the stories of, of the men who uh, returned to Emmaus. They grew up in Emmaus. They came back to the town after World War II. Uh, once again, we have one, a seaman first class, U.S. Coast Guard, Nathan Geary. He came back, worked for the Emmaus Police Department, and became chief of police. Just like the uh, the one in right. World War One, mm -hmm. Russell uh, Kerstetter also um, came back um, to work at the Mayus Post Office and became the uh, Mayus Postmaster. Okay, um, Warren Hampshire became a dentist. Um, he was in the U.S. Marine Corps and a pilot. He was actually my dentist. I never knew really? he had flown. Never wow. knew he was in World War II, 
no one talked about what they did in the war. Right. And a lot of them were very young when they went. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of them were just getting out of high school. Sure. Um, so uh, that was Warren Hampshire. Uh, Dr. Hennemuth, uh, he was one of the town doctors. When he went, um, and he, he went to serve in the, in the medical corps, um, he volunteered. He actually served in World War I originally. So he was a World War I veteran, came back, became the town doctor here in Emmaus, and then decided to go back. Um, wow. And, and he served in both theaters, both the Pacific and the European. He was wounded um, on the Aleutian Islands in the Pacific theater. Um, he re was recuperated after being bayoneted. Um, and then he was sent to Europe to serve. Um, and then he returned to Emmaus to his practice in town. So quite a, quite a hero there. Yes. Paul Franz, um, he returned and, uh, to teach school, uh, just like the other educators we talked about. And he actually became principal of Mayes High School. And then we mentioned women um, actually uh, were, came, uh, went to war from Emmaus. Mm -hmm. uh, Ernestine Jackensack Smith was the first woman uh, from Emmaus to list in the women's division of the, U of the U.S. Marine Corps. Uh, and she returned to attend college. Of course, women back then were not in uh, combat duty. They mm -hmm. were all administrative positions. Okay. And then we had two others who worked in business. One uh, opened a printing shop and one worked for the Amiss Telephone Company. So that's, that's the end of their stories. Just reminding everyone... Veterans Day, make sure you always thank a veteran for their service. They are uh, from all walks of life and have done so much um, for, our, for our freedom. So, yeah, I, I think it's so amazing, too. Number one, how many of those last names that, you know, you recognize from, I don't know, just people in the community or, you know, like you said, owning businesses. It's, it's amazing to see some of the, the genesis of where all those names came from. And also... Yeah how they came home and, and stayed, you know, and, and, and decided to set roots down. I mean, they already had roots maybe before they left, but also to come back and not only to, to come home, but also to contribute and to be a very vital part of the community. Right. Especially, uh, and, and for many of the vets, a lot of them do not talk about mm -hmm. their wartime. Right. So you don't always even know that they've, they've been in a war. Um, which is a whole other discussion. Sure. For another sure. Day. So, so the whole, we could have a whole other discussion about e-mouse and Emmaus as well, which would be a lot of fun too. Speaking yes. of that, I guess if you'd like to learn more about any of those, um, could you tell us a little bit about anything maybe that's coming up for the Emmaus Historical Society? You can see that website on the screen now. Yeah. So uh, we do have a program coming up tomorrow. Um, it is okay. uh, being presented by, um, the assistant archivist of the of the Moravian Archives, Tom McCullough, and um, he is um, going to be presenting about the first 100 years of Emmaus. So that's okay. coming up tomorrow at seven o'clock, St. John's Lutheran Church in Emmaus. Uh, we also have a program coming up. Um, well, we have a couple things coming up. We have Old Fashioned Christmas on the first Saturday of uh, December. Uh, which we're open from 10 to 8 that day and celebrating. There's going to be a lot of, uh, there's going to be food and 
all kinds of things going on that day in town. Um, Emmaus is having old fashioned Christmas as well. So it's all part of the celebration. Uh, we also have Santa Claus coming on December 10th. Santa and Mrs. Claus will be coming to visit us and right. bring out chocolate and oranges to the kids, just like they used to do in Emmaus uh, back in the 1950s. So a um, lot of fun things coming up. Okay, Jeannie, thank you so much. That was really, a, really interesting um, and jam-packed. You know, there's a lot of information in there, which is great because you can watch this back. This video will be live or we're going to also add it as a podcast. So uh, Jeannie Herrico, I want to say thank you so much for the presentation this evening. You're welcome. You're welcome. It's been a pleasure. Um, and for everybody watching at home, we really appreciate you. Thank you. Be sure to visit lvhistory.org. Uh, for more information, I'm George Wacker with Lehigh Valley with Love Media. And we'd like to thank Jeannie uh, Herrico one more time from the Emmaus Historical Society. And everybody have a fantastic evening. Thank you so much. Take care.